Canucks Central in the uh, now mobile Kintex studio as we uh, have arrived at Rogers Arena for the Canucks and the Edmonton Oilers, uh, the site of uh, where Edmonton's trying to get their season on track and your Vancouver Canucks are trying to stay red hot. Uh, joining us uh, now, he's uh, 776 games in the National Hockey League, an ex-Edmonton Oiler as well. It is uh, local boy. It is Kyle Turris out of uh, New West. Thanks for this, Kyle. How you doing? Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for making time for us. I know you were uh, part of the uh, Canucks Autism Network pro am. Uh, probably didn't recognize me playing in uh, in the game yesterday, but uh, I was uh, I well, I was the one that was handling the puck like it was a hand grenade. So maybe that's that's a good descriptor. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was a great weekend. It was a lot of fun, and I was uh, thankful to be a part of it. Yeah, you, you still got some moves out there. You were uh, making Mason Raymond look bad. I know that much. But uh, it was uh, it was a pretty fun weekend, and um, you know, I, it, always something uh, that's that's good to get into every year. Uh, we do it with the Canucks Autism Network as a as a presenting sponsor. But um, for you, I mean, uh, how's life going for you right now? Life after hockey, how's it treating you? Life's been great. I, uh, I've been really enjoying uh, coaching my two sons in hockey, and uh, I'm finishing my my business degree as well, and and uh, getting to spend time with my wife as we we build a house in in North Vancouver here. And in terms of uh, you know living in Vancouver, I mean you know obviously you were born in New West, but never got a chance to play for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, did, did, did you ever think about that? Like, what it would have been like to actually play at home, or were you pretty comfortable not playing in Vancouver? Uh yeah. I mean, it, you don't really have a choice. So I was I was uh, comfortable and, and thankful for the opportunity I had on the the four four different teams that they gave me the chance. And um, yeah, I mean, I. Obviously, growing up in Vancouver, it's, uh, it would have been a dream to play for the Canucks. You know, watching Burray and, and McGillney uh, growing up, and then the West Coast Express with Morris and Naslin Bertuzzi, and and uh, and then playing against the Canucks and, and coming home and playing in front of friends and family it would have been a dream come true. But it didn't work out that way, so that's that's all right. I'm. Uh, uh, happy to be back home, and and uh, I'm actually going to watch the game tonight, so I'm excited about that. You uh, you happy to see the black skate jersey back? Yeah, it's it's a, a great logo. It's it might be my favorite. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty popular around these parts as well. It's um, you know, it, it's been interesting talking to to some local guys that are with the team right now. Uh, you know, Noah Juleson is one, and. You know, he he said he wasn't too sure about playing in his hometown, and clearly, you know, you mentioned you had uh, uh, it, it would have been a dream to play for Vancouver, but I I can understand for some players how it's it's not really for everyone, hey? Yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, Canadian markets uh, bring another you know element to them with the level of pressure, and I I always found how passionate the fans were was uh, was really exciting. I I love that aspect of the game. And, um, you know, being able to to play in front of friends and family on a, a nightly basis uh, would have been really special. But um, yeah, I, I do understand uh, the increased uh, level of intensity and, and stress that goes along with it. Yeah, there's there's nowhere to hide in the Canadian market as we're seeing uh, pretty much everywhere outside of, of Vancouver right now with the way the year has started. But that, that must have been a pretty um, pretty big contrast for you early in your career, starting out in. In Arizona, with the well, the then Phoenix Coyotes, and then then heading to Ottawa, just uh, the different level of uh, focus on the team from a from an outside perspective. 
Yes, no, it was. It was uh, definitely uh, going from from Arizona to Ottawa was a, a significant change in the level of coverage, and and kind of with that came expectation, right? So it uh, it was a big big difference, that's for sure. Well, you spent some time with the Edmonton Oilers, obviously your last two years in the National Hockey League, and you know you mentioned going to the game to watch the Canucks take on the Oilers, and obviously the Oilers are off to a, a really tough start this season, but none of us are counting them out in terms of making the playoffs because they have McDavid and Dreisaitl. So when you usually see a team get off to a 2-7-1 start, like how confident should they be in the fact they have stars, or should they be also, or should they be concerned about where they're at right now? Uh, I mean, it's a really long season. Because 82 games, I mean, so much can happen. You go on, a, you know, a seven or eight game win streak, or which is out of the question with with the team that they have. And um, but yeah, I mean, obviously you get off to a poor start, and being in a Canadian market, uh, you're under a lot more scrutiny, and and uh, you're trying to adapt and make changes on the fly. It, it happens, you know. Every every season you go through funks. And uh, and at the same time, you go through hot streaks. And I think the most important part is to get hot at the right time. And, and that's kind of uh, towards the end of the season when, when you're going into playoffs. But you just got to make sure you're, you're in a position to be in the playoffs uh, to ride that hot streak. Can the hardest part for a team be when, when you know, you're going through it and you're struggling a little bit is to, to stay connected, um, you know, keep trusting in your teammates, not, I know the old cliche, not trying to, to do too much, but that's... And we've seen it in Vancouver the last couple of years where guys start doing jobs that aren't theirs and they're they're jumping into spots, they're diving in and they're getting, you know, they're 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 just coming apart completely and it feels like that's that's happened a little bit for Edmonton here. Is that is that the hard part when you're when you're going through a slump as a team? Yeah, I, I mean it's uh it's it's frustrating to be losing and you yeah. just, you realize that uh I mean uh the more cohesive you are and, and uh, the more efficient you can work together, uh, the more successful you're going to be. And, um, you know, it's just getting everybody on the same page and, and uh, playing together. It's the best way to get through it. And, I mean, it may take a couple of games. It may take, uh, you know, five or six, but um, you get through it eventually. How was it playing with uh, with Connor McDavid? He can he could take over a game pretty well, hey. Yeah, it was uh, it was special seeing him uh, every day at the rink, you know, at practice, and uh, the amount of skill that he possesses, and um, and then in games, and having uh, the ability and the confidence to to try things and pull them off uh, in games is it was it was really special as well, and you know, I, I mean, he gets. So much credit on the ice, but off the ice, he's just uh, a phenomenal person. He's very down to earth, very quiet and, and humble, and uh, just uh, a great teammate. What stood out particularly watching Leon Dreisaitl so up close for those couple of years? He's he's a, a very special player as well. You know, it, it was uh, it was really neat seeing the two of them because they're just. In my opinion, they're just opposites in terms of how they dominate. Like Connor is just high speed uh, in every aspect. You know, his feet are moving a million miles an hour, and his hands are keeping up with his feet, and and he's able to think the game at that speed as well, where nobody else can. And 
And, uh, and then on the other side, Drat is, uh, you know, he just completely slows everything down and he's, he's so good at, at slowing down the play and controlling everything. And, and he's so strong on the puck that it's, uh, he's able to slow it down and, and maintain control and, and buy time for everybody else to get open. And then he has the ability to get them the puck. So, I mean, it's completely different in how they dominate, but they're, they're just so dominant. It's, it's really neat to see. Well, you mentioned the size and strength and the way Drysaddle can shield the puck. Is he the toughest guy to get the puck off in the league, maybe? He, uh, yes, he, he protects the puck very well, that's for sure. And um, I mean, uh, Connor does too. It's just different, right? Like mm-hmm. it's trying to keep up with Connor to get the puck from him is <laughs> impossible. But uh, Drat, he protects it so well and he's so strong on it that trying to you know push him off the puck, you just you can't do it. You know, the the best years of your career came came in Ottawa. They're going they're going through it a little bit right now, and you, you got to play with uh, God Mode Eric Carlson on that that uh, that run to the Eastern Conference Final. You guys had a, a few years ago. Uh, what do you remember about that run and just how that team came together? Uh, it, it was uh, a group that um, you know I keep in touch with a lot of the guys still, and it was uh, definitely. Probably the highlight of my career was that run. It was, it was just so special getting to um, go deep, that deep in the playoffs. And um, at the time, we kind of felt that, you know, whoever won that, that Pittsburgh series with us or Pittsburgh um, had a real good chance of winning the Cup because Nashville was so depleted with injury. Um, so, to, uh, you know, to have that close, tight-knit of a group um, and to achieve what we did um, and, you know, pushing – and Malkin and Kessel and Latang and Fleury to you know double overtime of Game Seven. It's I'm still bitter about it, but uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was something that I'll remember forever. What is that like? And, when... and to touch on uh, Eric, I mean, I you know I is uh, an elite talent that um, you know I, similar to Car or to to Connor. You know, seeing him at the at the rink every day was was a highlight and uh i mean those two when when carl was when i got to play with carl i mean i i thought he was the best in the world and and uh at the same level that that connor is right now and and you see i mean he put up 100 points on a san jose team this year that's put up 12 goals in 11 games (laughs) so i mean (laughs) to, to put that into perspective uh i mean i think it even emphasizes really how good carl is well, he's an incredible player, and the thing about that team too was you guys kind of found lightning in a bottle in terms of your team play. What is it like when a team gets on a roll like that? You get the confidence, and you get some bounces to go your way. Like, how much does that elevate everybody's performance when you kind of are riding that type of vibe in a high? Yeah, just you know, it snowballs, and um, like I kind of tried to emphasize earlier, you're doing it at the right time, and kind of at the end of the year there we got hot going into playoffs and um we're really confident really um kind of on the same page as a group and um you know kind of when you're in that zone when you're you're really cohesive as a group and and really the chemistry is real high and just it seems like even when uh you know something shouldn't go your way it tends to go your way and uh um, I mean, there's a lot of the factors into the ultimate success, luck, and you know the right matchups, and having the, the depth and the players and and the right lines and whatnot. But 
just kind of all came together at the right time for us. And, um, yeah, it was, it was just a phenomenal experience. Hey, Kyle, we, uh, we really appreciate your time. Before we let you go, are you a player's coach or are you, uh, <laughs> are you, are you a little hard on the, on the little ones, on, on, on your boys? Oh, well, uh, I, I'd, I'd like to say I'm a, a player's coach. I, uh, <laughs> like to stick up for my, my fellow, uh, players and I, I'd like to think that I, uh, I uh, emulate that as, as a coach of uh, my kids. That's awesome. Uh, Kyle, really appreciate the time. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for touching base with us here. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. There is uh, Kyle Turris, uh, who's going to be uh, watching uh, at Rogers Arena tonight as uh, his childhood favorite Vancouver Canucks take on uh, the team he finished up his NHL career with, the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. And, you know, yeah, he had a really great career, you know, and a really – strong through that those Ottawa years mm. when he sort of found it after being a third overall pick that yeah didn't really have it uh through those first couple of years in in Arizona and then gets it with with Ottawa and becomes a 60 point ish uh great offensive driver for those Senators teams and um that Ottawa team they as, as he mentioned they they found it and when they did find it they felt like they could beat pretty much anybody well that's how they played i mean they got on such a run too they yeah. had great goaltending you had eric carlson playing at an incredible level and they had peak you know young mark stone too on that team yeah. and mike hoffman was one one a top goal scorer it's it's amazing to look at the game evolving now because we're seeing point totals rise the last couple of years again this year it seems like guys are on pace to even be you know greater than last year but Eric Carlson that year had 71 points in 76 games. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it's like Quinn might score like 100 <laughs> points this year. Carlson had 100 points this past year. So so when you look at the There's number. A lot more goals in the league. It goes beyond the numbers, too. It all, it's all relative to, you know, how the game is going and where the game's at. But, yeah, I mean, that that sense team just caught lightning. in a, Like, they were a good team. They weren't a great team. They, they had some stars. Yep. And when you kind of play that, when you have a system that you're dedicated to like they were, you get goaltending. You got a star going ham. Next thing you know, it was uh, so we were we were playing Taurus's team yesterday at the at the Can Pro Am, and uh, man, he still got it like so smooth on the puck. It's always amazing when you watch these pros, even in any sort of setting, because they they just stand out so much. Um, but the way that he shielded the puck was just uh, you, you could tell it was just a different level, yeah. right? Like and could not. For the life, it felt like the puck was ten feet away from him all the time, yeah, like, but you could not get it off of him at any point. Uh, that's just how good he was, and uh, the way they're able to saucer the puck around and hit guys in stride all the time—it's just uh, such a pleasure. And um, you know, it was a great weekend uh, for the Canucks Autism Network. But getting to see guys like Turris, especially like you know, not too far removed from the game, and they yeah. still got it. They still got power in their stride, and the way they move and all that—it's just—it's uh, wild every time you get to see just how good these guys are at the highest level of the game. It's really funny, especially when you see them in relation to just, you know, regular people playing yes. hockey. <laughs> then you just see you see it, right, like so clear and stark how, how yes. big the difference is. And it's funny because some of these guys sometimes, you know, you see the enforcers and everything, and they'll play, you know, in a men's league or whatever, yes. and it's like <laughs> may as well be Wayne Gretzky out there yeah. on the ice. Pretty much. Um, that's kind of the way – that it goes, but uh, the Canucks and Edmonton Oilers are coming up. Pre-game is uh, about to get officially fired up at the top of the clock. This um, this Oilers team is 
really in a tough way. And you know, the way the Canucks, I think I, I really started to appreciate the way the Canucks are trying to approach each and every game with a level head, uh, trying to, okay, 60 minutes just passed, whether we won or lost, uh, let's reset the next day and yeah. look ahead to the next game. And they're just, they feel like they are more of the one game at a time type of mantra that usually is a cliche, but you know, when they would say that last year, oh, we're going to get back in and we just got to take it one game at a time. It's like, you're, you're saying that, but you're also, you guys are also playing as though you feel like you got to win every game because you know you're not going to make the playoffs already. Yeah, and, and you know, I was begging them last year to just be, be a normal kind of boring hockey team a little bit. You know, just don't make a lot of mistakes, just play a clean hockey game. And that's what they're doing for the most part. And they've had moments where they've gotten away from that. And I do think their high scoring to begin the season is misleading in terms of the identity of the team. Yes. I think we're going to see far more 3-2 wins as the season goes on here, and we'll see even 2-1 wins or, as you saw against the Stars, 2 nothing. Well, that happens naturally over the course of a hockey season. No doubt. But I also think it's a team that is going to be in more of those games because they're scoring at an incredible rate. They're not going to keep scoring at this rate, but they can still be really good defensively and score enough to win their games. And, And that's why... I, I'm not as concerned about the offense drying up a little bit in terms of the numbers and, and just how how effective they have been in putting the puck in the net. But they're not going to score anywhere near as much if their chance generation continues to be where it's at. It hasn't been incredible, but they're scoring at with their and they're, they're, to their credit. They're not creating as many chances, but they are able to create some really good grade A chances where they're yes. essentially walking the puck into the net, and you can't take away from that because of the quality of their star well, players. That, the Pedersen second goal, yeah, right, or the. The second goal of Saturday, Pedersen's goal. You know, how, how, many, how many times is he going to miss? He's not. That. And no. it's a, a, a heavy shift that piled on, and yeah. you get Pedersen on for an offensive zone shift against a tired team that just took an icing. And because they have talent, one thing I'm interested in kind of seeing, we can see some more numbers as time goes on here with deeper analytics, how many east-west passes are they do making in shifts? Because it seems like they're foregoing uh, just the volume for – Let's, let's create something better. Let's create zone time. Yeah. You hear the coach mention, hold on to puck, shield it along the wall, keep it cycling, keep it going. And th- I think they'd rather create that, to your point, wear a team down and create some good chances with your talented players as opposed to get into the zone, fire shots off, and, and try to scramble. They want to get inside between the hash marks especially. I think that's where they want to be more involved in. But that's one thing I am keeping my eye on. I think the identity of this team is misleading. They're not going to be this high-powered offense that's going to be running yeah. teams out of the building, but I think they're going to be able to win some close, low-scoring games with how they're defending as a team and also the spectacular net mining they have. Well, the way that they uh, you know, sometimes uh, switch or create a little bit more east-west, even a rim around behind the net, and you get the cycle going, and it comes back around back to the other side, and every time you do that, the defense is forced to – shift and almost reset and that's when holes start to open every time the defense is trying to focus oh the puck's on the right half wall now it's over on the left and oh it's back behind the net and every time you know guys are like turning their bodies they're changing and it just it naturally opens up holes because guys are going to come out of position as the puck moves around the offensive zone and you're putting more stress on your goaltender the goaltender's loading up going you know post to post and not necessarily in desperation to make a save but constantly you know going back and forth and you have sustained pressure all of a sudden, you get some traffic to the net and get a shot out. The Canucks have been really good with those flash screens like they've talked about. Even if the guy's not lined up and standing in front of the netminder, flash across the netminder's face as a shot gets taken. And Quinn's been so 
His timing has been fantastic, and when he gets a shot off, how he goes east and west, creates space, but waits for that screen to arrive and gets a shot off. So they're doing a lot of things with their zone time that can create goals, and they're taking advantage of it. But yeah, it's just one of those things with the team as we're trying to figure out what they are. Uh, I'm not sure this this high-powered offense that's going to run teams out of buildings is what, is what you're going to see consistently, but playing a team clean game, more of what you saw against the Dallas Stars. Well, so Saturday... Um it was something uh, I would hear from players in the past of, you know, not pressing, yeah. you know, when something isn't there, trying not to be the team that makes the mistake. And that's what the Canucks did on Saturday. Yeah. It was a bit of a chess match and a staring match. Who's going to be the one that makes the mistake that opens up the scoring for this game? Because no, neither team was giving much. No, and... Dallas was a team that was playing their third game in four nights. So it's even more incumbent on you to play cleaner because eventually a team like Dallas, as they're fatigued, and you saw in the second and yeah. third at times, a couple mental lapses happen, create enough space, and even that play on Hironic, it's it's the forward kind of going too far to cover, I forget which Canuck forward it was, and it forced, I think it was Delandria to push out, which opened up the lane for Hironic, right? And, and those things happen because of a misread and a mistake. They don't often make those. Yeah. But put yourself in a position to take advantage of a tired team, and that's exactly what they did. And uh, that's what's leading to the Canucks' success. The 8-2-1 Vancouver Canucks against the 2-7-1 Edmonton Oilers. The pregame show, the roundtable, comments from the coach, lines for the game. It's all coming up next on Canucks Central.